Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. And I'm Craig. And today we're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, we're currently right now um, broadcasting at lunchtime. It's been a long fucking day already. Um, <laughs> Always. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but what we're going to do, I'm excited because um, hopefully we're going to have a logo done this weekend. Um, got a graphic designer to do it. Um, I have finally figured out how to edit the music correctly so we have our intro song all done excellent, intro and outro. so that, that should be something <laughs> so i'm just excited that we're actually going to have all this because we get asked a lot like when is this going to go live when sure. is everything so people will be able to listen to the previous one see how it was a little low today i've got my mixer i think this is going to work out really well um and we're going to switch up since we did our um uh, our inspirations, our influences last week. Uh, this week, we're going to switch it around, and we're actually going to do an artist spotlight. Two so artist spotlight. Yeah, two artist spotlight. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go over um, we'll go over what we're listening to right now. We're going to go over, um, I went to a show this week, uh, any upcoming shows, and we'll just shoot the shit. I mean. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's the way it works best. Yeah, exactly. So, Craig, would you like to start us off on sure, our first artist? Sure, sure. So, uh, we were talking about our influences last week, and I figured since we were uh, we we're going to kind of do an artist spotlight, uh, for mine, I wanted to pick Alexis on Fire, since yes. uh, I just went to City in Color last was it last weekend? Yeah, a couple a couple weeks. A couple ago, weekends right? ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't. I'm losing track of time here. It's all know, right? blending into one day into another. It's absolutely true. So, having just seen City in Color, and we're talking about our influences, Alexis on Fire was one of those first hardcore, post-hardcore bands that I ever listened to. I know uh, you probably listen to them quite a bit too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. I saw them. Uh, Saw them live when uh, House of Blues here in Boston used to be Axis and Avalon. Okay. So saw Axis was this ridiculously small club. Saw them there a few times, and yeah, just great. Sure, sure. And I think what's uh, what's awesome about Alexis on Fire, so they're sort of together, sort of not together anymore. They just got back together this past summer to do uh, Reading and Leeds. Played, I don't know, almost an hour set there. But um, – for for a band that is mostly original members, I think with the exception, yeah, with the exception of the drummer who who changed in in two thousand five, they're they're mostly original members. Right. They're all original members. Mm -hmm. So I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the origin of the name Alexis on Fire, which that is a great thing because when I first uh, started listening to them, I thought it was. Alex is on fire. Okay. That's what I was <laughs> So go ahead. I, I, no. I'm very interested in this. No, that's fine. So I remember, I, I don't know if, I think I probably heard it from a friend or read it on their biography back in the day when I first started listening to Alexis on Fire that they were named for the world's only lactating contortionist stripper. <laughs> So they used to have this really funny biography about how they were created in test tubes. I remember, they, I think this was on their website forever ago. And I, I'm, I can see that. I'm assuming since they're more adult now, they've mm. kind of modified it a little bit. But I always thought that was funny how they, they came up with their name. Uh, when I was reading about them, apparently there was some litigation that oh. went on about using the Alexis on Fire name uh, because uh, that was the website for said stripper oh okay gotcha. <laughs> so there was some litigation apparently there was no substance to it uh their website is actually the only band ever.com so if you if, I, I don't know if the other website still exists or doesn't exist uh I, anymore but it was always interesting if you went there inadvertently we're just look, giving people like homework for the holidays yeah now. yeah go look this up <laughs> go see if it still exists not at work maybe uh, probably not at work. <laughs> you definitely don't want to look that up at work. I, I guess it depends on where you work. Yeah. But, uh, or if you work for Alexis on Fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> the stripper. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, I think we could probably go through the discography here. Sure, yeah. I had basically there, there are five big albums here uh, to, to go through. So originally they released a self-titled album. Um, yeah. uh, released looks like between 2002 and 2003. It's interesting because they're Canadian. Mm-hmm. There's Canadian band. So they did release it in Canada a little bit before they released it in the U.S. So gotcha. it was released on Equal Vision, I believe, in the U.S., um, but through whatever it looks like Distort Entertainment or Dynalone Records, it's unclear uh, from when I was digging in. But oh, sure. I think right from the opening track, you have 44 Caliber Love Letter, which I think is this classic post-hardcore track. Uh, I was re-listening to it again in the last couple of days and again this morning. That track, two minutes into it, and you have no vocals at all. It is all instrumental for m- almost half the song Yeah, right. there. And I think that's one of the things that they really do well. The, they're, they're a band that is really musically talented. Mm-hmm. And they really showcase that in their first album. They go through all these songs. Uh, the two songs that I picked out here were 44 Caliber Love Letter and Pulmonary Archery. And if you listen to both of those songs, they they really showcase how, how good they are at guitars and these driving melodies and being – this makes any sense, being heavy without being heavy. <laughs> it makes no sense. It, but it's, uh, but I, I uh, yeah, yeah. How, so how would yeah. you describe it, right? No, like, I, think, I think that is a very good way to describe it. It – it's like that they just will do whatever they want. Absolutely. And I appreciate that in the music that I listen to. They don't follow any of those. It's not going to be your verse one, chorus one, verse – it's it's not going to follow that. Sure. Tool. And they will just – yep, like you said, they'll stop singing and they'll just go into music for a while. And it's like a little interlude for a little bit and then they'll come right back screaming. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. And I'm fine with that. I, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, Dallas Green has an excellent voice. Mm-hmm. I think uh, – who's the vocalist there? George Pettit. He yeah. has this crazy scream. Yes, he does. That I think is is really unique. And it doesn't come through as much in their self-titled album as it does in later albums. So their next album that they released in 2004 was Watch Out. So, again, same thing. From the opening track, which is Accidents, you you hear this is like – Compared to the first CD, this is what I would consider the birth of the Alexis on Fire sound. Agreed. This is really what defined what Alexis on Fire sounds like throughout the rest of their records here. And I mean, they morph, they change, they they evolve, they mature. But this is really their sound. You hear you hear George's scream, and that is again one of the the most unique screams ever. Dallas screams a lot or sings a lot more. Excuse me on the on this CD uh, than. Uh, than he did on their their self title. Agreed. Yes, and for sure. I think in going through it, Watch Out is probably my favorite um, my favorite Alexis on Fire CD. If I had to pick, I'm, I'm between Watch Out and Crisis, but I think Watch Out is probably my favorite. I I go back and forth. Sure. Because yeah, I think Crisis might be a little bit more my my thing, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it was just a connection issue. But for some reason, Crisis hits me a little bit harder. Okay. Yeah, but it's not that I don't like it because I also, knowing we were going to do this podcast, I re-listened to a bunch of their stuff. Sure. And Watch Out from Front to Back is a great, great album. Absolutely. It's just Crisis for some reason gets me a little bit stronger. Yep, yep, absolutely. So one of the songs that I really like on this CD is Get Fighted, and it was one of those things. So you, you were just mentioning how Alexis on Fire doesn't do kind of the standard thing and, and they kind of do their own thing. Right. And I think really there, there's a set of lyrics in the, right in the center of the song where they say, this shit's not about pants. 
It's just not about shirts. <laughs> and it's just definitely not about hair. And he starts to scream and says, it's about having a good fucking time. And that's basically, right? I think that really sums up what they're trying to do. They're going out there with that punk, that hardcore punk, that post-hardcore sound. And they're really, yes. they just want to have a good time. They want to get on stage. They want to play the music. They want to jam. If that means expressing their musicality by playing these long intros, then that's what they do. If it means that they play like the, some of these faster songs and some of these really driving riffs, that's what they do. But they really don't care. They're not trying to impress anyone. They're right. playing it because they enjoy it and they want to have a good time. And they want everyone else to have a good time. Well, it's the same as you, you said, you know, they formed and then they're kind of together but kind of not, that kind of thing. You know they would get a ton. They, they went back on tour and didn't come to the States. Yes. Like the amount of money they could have gotten for sure. touring in the States would have been unbelievable. But they don't care. Like they're doing what they do. Yep, yep. And I think, right, I think now it's a little bit different because they're all kind of doing their own thing. Dallas is really big into City and Color. That's his main thing. He's touring full time uh, right now for City and Color. And uh, the Weed, the guitar player, mm -hmm. I believe is the front man for another band now. So they kind of all do their own thing. They all have families. Right. Uh, they're, I think a lot of them are married with kids. So they're kind of at a different stage than they were when they started Alexis on Fire. Which probably, it's actually, if you think about it, it's probably a lot of the bands that we listen to now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like most of them. I mean, this band, right, they were, they were formed in 2002. You figure some of the members were, I think at the youngest, were like 16, 17 years old. So they, they're in their 30s now. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. They're, they're all kind of at a different point in their lives like we are. Yeah. <laughs> Still talking about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so Watch Out, probably my favorite Alexis on Fire album. From there, they went on to Crisis. And I think that Crisis, again, we, we kind of they, – they shift this balance from when they first started out where it was a lot of screaming and very little singing to this is a lot more singing and still yes. still a pretty good amount of screaming. Mm. But oh, yeah, a sure. lot a lot more singing in this album. And this is what I would consider probably their most accessible sound. So you have – this could be anywhere in the world, which I think was their, probably their biggest song from this. I don't believe so. You don't think so? No. You disagree? I can, I can – and the reason why I disagree is okay. because you were going in a great direction there and I didn't oh. want to stop you. All right, it. all right. They have a way more popular song on that album. Do you know what it is? I'm trying to think of what it is. There, but There's one that was used on TV shows. Really? And that's – I was shocked out of my mind. Now, it was – I've heard it on Amer a couple American shows. I can't remember what they were, but I heard it on when I was much younger. Heard it on a very popular Canadian show, and I still laugh to this day because I could not believe that All song right. was playing. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look yeah, and see if I can out. figure it out because because <laughs> I don't want to tell you right. I, I, if you can figure it out, I, I want you to guess because that that song. I remember having the show on in the background and hearing it and being like. What is going on here? Huh. That song, it fits because it's, they're both Canadian, but just because something's Canadian doesn't mean it's going to be on every other Canadian thing. Huh. You see it? No, uh, I no? don't. I, right. I, Do you want I me to tell you? Yeah, go for it. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that their most popular song on that album is To a Friend. Really? To okay. a Friend. And the reason why, because I've heard it actually on multiple TV shows, but also specifically this one, I heard. Do you remember the show Degrassi? I do remember. I never watched it. Okay, but I like. I, I understand the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, there was a big fight scene, and that song was on. Really? Yeah, for almost the whole song. Okay. Yeah, and I was really shocked. Okay, <laughs> so maybe shocked. I should maybe I should restate. I think my favorite song yeah, on Crisis <laughs> is "This Could Be Anywhere in the World," and I think it's their. I think it's their most accessible. I okay. think it's one of those songs where. 
if you had never listened to Alexis on Fire, if you don't listen to a lot of music where they do a lot of screaming, this is something that could probably segue you into that kind of this post-hardcore, this screamo, whatever you want to call it, hardcore punk, whatever genre. I, I don't know. I, I can't even classify them. It's tough. It is tough to classify them. Yeah, yeah. For yeah sure. So so I think that's probably my favorite song. Um, then, again, they, they kind of had... Uh, th- this is probably around the time where, where Dallas started doing City in Color because mm-hmm. it was right around that 2005, 2006. So that started to get bigger and pull some of his time. Uh, their next release, at least their full release, was Old Crows, Young Cardinals. Um, yeah. yeah I, I Sorry, I made the, like, iffy sign with my hand. Yeah, exactly. Um, I picked it up, but that was an album that I never connected with. Okay. Yeah, and, and I, I don't – it's not like it's bad. I just – didn't connect with it. Sure, and I'll be completely honest. When I listened to that the first couple times, it was it was meh. Mm-hmm. It, I, I had kind of the same same reaction. Going back to it, I do like it. Okay, it's it's definitely not their best, but it shows how they've really matured in their sound. It's a lot different from Crisis. Exactly. Yeah. So Crisis and Watch Out, I think, are fairly similar in mm-hmm. style, and they're a slight variation on what they did on their self titled album. I think when you get to Old Crows, Young Cardinals, you're talking about a totally different style here of Alexis on Fire, a more mature sound where – let me see what I have here. They they do a lot more of this guitar work, I think, where they're – not that it's not evident on their earlier albums, but I think they do a lot more of these really driving riffs with these arching melodies over top Sure, that – Really comes out. Dallas really gets into like this. Is, he he finds his voice on Crisis, and I I think right if you're listening to the evolution of Dallas Green, really on Crisis, mm-hmm. that's where he finds his voice, and he really comes through on both Crisis and Old Crows. Right. Those those two CDs. If you listen to Emerald Street, I think that's a, a great song on uh, Old Crows. Definitely worth listening to. I'll go back and I'll listen to that one again. Definitely yeah. definitely worth it. There it, it's it was hard for me to pick out a song because like you said it was. It, it wasn't one of those ones that I listened to on repeat that I, I really connected with and had to listen to. So it, it was tough finding something that really stuck out. The other albums were much easier. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. This takes me back. No, very true. Yeah, when I was re-listening to those original three. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, I get this. Exactly, right. exactly. It's like walking down memory lane. Yes. Very easy to go back and listen to that stuff. I love listening to that over and over again. Um, and then – so. Again, they kind of th- – this was in that tumultuous time. Dallas was really focusing more on city and color. Um, and they broke up but didn't break up but then broke up and then released this EP. So Dog's Blood was the EP that they released. So there is there is an album in between this. I think it's called Death Letters. Oh, okay. It's mostly acoustic when I went back and listened to it. It wasn't er- anything that I ever picked up and had to listen to. So there is, is some other stuff that's in between here. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, but I, I lost after Old Crows. I was pretty much done okay. waiting till they came back to like former selves. Sure, yeah. sure. And they never did. They no. kind of just evolved. So if you listen to Dog's Blood, I think the album on there, or the song on there to listen to would be Grey. Uh, okay. Phenomenal. I'll, I'll listen to that. Five and a half minute song. They do a, a little bit different kind of screaming forced vocals. So it's not this scream that you're going to hear from George on watch out or crisis okay it's different it's not singing it's not screaming it's a little bit more forced and then they just go into kind of this jam where the the guitars are amazing the guitar work on that song is absolutely incredible and you can really see 
this is, again, my opinion, but I think you can really see the influence of Dallas Green and Dallas Green's songwriting and what he does with City and Color, where he gets really bluesy and really gritty. You can see that come through on this song, Gray. Huh. And maybe I, he had more control. Maybe it was the evolution of the music in general. It could be. It could be. But I, I think that's that's kind of where I left it with Alexis on Fire. So, again, just kind of this evolution of sound uh, – you should absolutely go check them out if you haven't listened to Alexis on Fire. If you're only familiar with some of their new stuff, go back and listen to their self-titled. Mm. Definitely great albums, all five of, the, five of the albums. Even as much as I didn't connect with Old Crows or Dog's Blood, definitely listen to them. Worth listening to. I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah, because I agree with, totally with the first three. Sure. And then I just kind of, yeah, lost track. So I'll have to go back and listen to that as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that was our... That was our first Canadian band. First Canadian band, and yeah. And in, in vain, you know, in that vein, uh, Craig had said, "Hey, why don't we do something, you know, Canadian that connected?" So what's the what's the other big band in our genre uh, that comes from Canada? And that's obviously Silverstein. Absolutely. So, oh man, I <laughs> I was going through their stuff, and damn, they're so good. Um, it's not even funny. Um, how much I like this band so much, um, and I really do wish if I didn't have you know we're we're speaking to you on a, on a Friday, and Silverstein is actually going to be in Mass uh, at the Palladium in Worcester tonight, and they're with uh, Senses Fail, Hundredth, and Capsize, right? Yes, what a what a great bill. Yeah, I would definitely go to that show, <laughs> and normally I do. I go to most. I mean, this is like the first time I miss Silverstein in years. Yeah, um, it's just one of those things with holiday parties and blah blah. blah. Kind of stuff, but hopefully, people I know people are going to enjoy themselves oh, when they're absolutely, down there. yeah, it's no doubt that's going to be a great show. Uh, but let's start. Um, they are from Burlington, Ontario, so they formed around 2000. Their first full length came out in 2003. And that was when Broken is Easily Fixed. Um, Classic. That, yes. That Classic was, Screamo uh, album. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people's intro to what Screamo was. Um, and I look back. I didn't even realize um, – I look back for the video, and I remember – this is actually kind of rare for me. I remember that when I was first given that, that album and I tried it out, I really didn't like it. I did not like Silverstein at all. I didn't understand what they were doing. <laughs> um, for some reason, I was like, oh, this is just generic. Like, what do I care about really? this? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. That's surprising not... to me because I don't remember having that reaction. No, and now you've almost moved on from most of this stuff. I yes. mean, like that. This is still something I'll just put on at any time. Like, yeah. I, I love this always. And this was what was nice about this because it forced me to go back and listen to Silverstein, mm -hmm. and I haven't listened to Silverstein in years. I actually got away from them and then just listened to their newest album recently. Right when we were talking about this, yeah. so yeah, no, it's it was weird, and because normally that won't happen with me. If I don't like someone, I never come back. Like, okay. if someone asks me to listen again, I will, but most of the time, I just, I don't connect with it. But I went back, I think it was, it was sometime in 2003, I went back and listened again and just fell in love with it. Yeah. And then just continued on. Yeah. So, that album has so many, so this was Victory, this was 2003, it was when Victory had all those similar bands. Yeah. So, I think I was just like, eh. This, this is the, is... almost the era of Victory Records. Oh, yes. I think. Absolutely. The early 2000s. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I think is I connected to other victory bands first, and then they came out. I was like, Canadian, uh, what, do I, <laughs> what do I care about this? Which was obviously stupid of me. I came back. <laughs> I do love them. The amount of times I've seen them is crazy. They might be one of 
besides like Marilyn Manson, okay. I think I've seen them around the same time. So wow. it's been over 10 times. That's incredible. Yeah, it's – I mean – they do an amazing show. And I think what got me later on was I did not realize that Shane told the lead singer, who we've talked about, he has that great podcast, Absolutely. Um, Lead Singer Syndrome. You should go check that out. Oh, yeah. If anyone is listening that doesn't know about that, definitely go check that out. Um, Shane does both screaming and melodic. And he is one of the only people – first of all, I think he was a pioneer of that type of screaming. Okay. But then also um, he's one of the only people that does it correctly. Like – how do you yeah, how do you mean correctly? Well, I think it's it's almost like it's two different people. Yes. Like how do you have I still don't understand how he does his breath to do that. Like when you listen to those songs, he seamlessly trans uh, um he sim- seamlessly uh translates from that screaming vocal right into melodic back to screaming and he does it so well and he does it so well live as well. Okay. They sound that's the like important, the, Oh yeah. That's they the important sound part. like the album. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, a couple of the guys from the band also do a little background screaming every once in a while. Of course. But he's the guy. Yeah. And that's crazy because they're doing hour, hour and a half long shows. Oh, I like, mean with seven albums. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> you have there's no there's no lack of material to pull from oh, to absolutely. do that much of yeah. a set. Yeah, so that was the first thing that got me. So um, notable tracks for When Broken is Easily Fixed, Smash Into Pieces, they still play today. Bleeds No More is so fucking hilarious because <laughs> it's so like this girl ripped my heart out centric. Um, yes. I still love it. <laughs> when he goes – when he starts yelling, I don't even want to do it in this, in this conference <laughs> right here. But when he goes, my heart bleeds no more, it's just – the whole crowd goes crazy, and he is just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> that's really funny. So that's so that's what I actually remember when I what I took away from Silverstein initially was not oh this band's Canadian or or whatever like what are they doing? It was when I listened to it, and again I said this last week. I'm not a lyric person. Right. I, I typically don't listen to the words, but I think when there's more singing, it's easier to get pulled into the lyrics and what they're saying, and. That's what I really remember about Silverstein is they really, to me, between them and Senses Fail, I think, the early Senses Fail mm-hmm. work really embodied that screamo, like, we're going to sing about all of this stuff. And I think, right, even in the title, My Heart Bleeds No More, right? Come on. Like, no, I know. I know. The epitome of screamo. Well, smashed into pieces. Smashed into pieces. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all the same. If we just ran down the track list. I oh, mean, sure. You, you could point out which ones are about girls and which ones about, like, being mad at your family or society like it's yes just, you know, just all under the umbrella of teenage angst oh for sure absolutely it's from for, uh i mean the only reason from first to last wasn't like that was because they just took weird ass titles from everything else well but, sure yeah, sure just, i mean but right their their album dear diary my teen uh, angst has a body count love it. come on like well, right it was from <laughs> heathers which was a fucking great movie so yeah it was yeah but but exactly they yeah. were right in that vein too right yeah and that's and that's what i yeah i remember you telling me that it's you know, it's all about girls and stuff. And, it, you know, a lot of it is. There's, and that's not to no say that I don't like it. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's – and we'll get to there just like Alexis on Fire matured. Silverstein also matures throughout the albums. It Absolutely. just takes – there's more albums to go, that kind of thing. Absolutely. But, yeah, you can go from um, a song like Bleeds No More to a song like November. Yes. And November is completely different than either of the songs that I just mentioned. Sure. So, and that's what I love about Typically Silverstein. the song I would skip. 
<laughs> if I'm being, well put, well put. if I'm being completely honest, if I was listening to the CD yeah. and was trying to put a playlist together, it would not. That would not be one of the ones oh, that okay. I would pull out. Right. It's I a little it. too slow, a little too mellow for me. Every once in a while, I love going from that. Once again, going from the chaos to the melody. Of course, I can stick, I can stick with that melody for a bit. Yeah, and time. as I've matured, it's definitely been less. But <laughs> right. like, I, I can tolerate that a lot more. No, that makes sense. That but. makes sense. So that was that was their their. Step intro, and what I notice a lot about Silverstein is they're very consistent where they put out an album, they go on long tours, and then in two years they have another album out. Absolutely. And it's just completely they've been the most consistent band in this genre of music where you know you're going to get something new from Silverstein. And I really like that because it keeps their name out there, it lets them evolve a little bit, and it lets them know, like it lets other people in the scene know that they're not going anywhere. Yes. That kind of thing. So the next album was 2005, and that's Discovering the Water uh, Waterfront. That one, I I can't speak more highly. I mean, what an amazing sophomore album. Sure. Like, at least for me, that's it's. I almost consider that album a masterpiece. I might even have it on my list of masterpieces. No, um, it, it yeah. is a great it is a great CD. And I think the one thing that I wanted to mention on this is the thing I really like about Silverstein and what they do is they're able to get this ridiculously heavy sound. And I think – so why don't you go into your tracks first that you, oh, okay, have, sure. you have listed here before I oh, – I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, I don't want to steal your thunder here. Right. So, yeah, I'll just – I'll name these and we'll go into what Craig was talking about. So Smile on Your Sleep. Still, every time you see them live, that is one of their closers. And when that breakdown hits, everyone goes nuts. Um, so that song, I still love that one. Uh, My Heroine, I'll always love that song because of the slow part. Okay. And I love that. That uh, I'm sorry. I can't even. I'm, I'm getting all like crazy thinking about it because I love that song so much. <laughs> uh, Call of Karma and Your Sword versus My Dagger. Those were just the ones I came out with, but what do you got? Sure. So what I was going to say was I, I think I agree with your list, your, okay. your notable tracks there. What I like about Silverstein, especially, and, and it comes across, you mentioned it in Smiling Your Sleep with the breakdown there. What they're able to do is get these really, really heavy breakdowns, mm-hmm. and it's not drum-driven, actually. Oh, it's right. It's guitar-driven. Yes, absolutely. And if you listen to Smile in Your Sleep, the breakdown, all of the rhythmic parts is done by the chugs on the guitar. And I think it, it's actually kind of impressive to me because a lot of these bands are using double bass to really drive these breakdowns and drive a lot of the rhythmic parts, and they are not. I, For whatever reason in my head, I'm, I'm remembering – Seeing Silverstein, a, a picture of Silverstein from forever ago, and the drummer having a shirt on that had just like the no double bass pedal, like it had like like the circle with the slash through it and a double <laughs> bass pedal on it, that, like that was his shirt because I don't believe they actually use a double bass pedal. I think he's all single foot. Yeah, for, I think I think you're right for the most part. Yeah. So it, it, you don't really hear it come through in anything to lead me to believe that they would use double bass. So I think. Musically, they're able to get these really heavy parts with with just the guitar work, which is incredible. Yeah, and it's heavy. It's, it is it's heavy. really heavy. It's yeah. as heavy as anything you could listen to in this right. genre. And I think that's what gets me a lot about how how much I like Silverstein is because I love the melody so much, and you know their breakdown, and, and then just going into that crazy heaviness. Yes, and going back to that, it just works for me. So yep. yeah. So this this album was the quintessential. Like okay, Silverstein are sticking around. Well, because they come right out of that breakdown and smiling your sleep to like this really soft part with some delay. Oh yeah, yeah. It like it like totally pulls back, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, yeah. where'd that go? Where's that 
Exactly. So, so right, like they have this amazing musical range that they can do a, a vast number of things. And it translates very well to seeing them live. Sure. Yeah, like it's just everyone in the crowd has a lot of fun during these during these songs. So that's enjoyable. So that once again, great great album. So two years later, you've got Arrivals and Departures. Now this one I picked uh, Sound of the Sun, Worlds Apart, and My Disaster. This was a mellower album, I would say. A little like, bit. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't disagree with that. There's probably a lot, more, a lot more singing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm fine with that. Sure. I, I'm completely – that's going to you know keep me going on the Silverstein train. Like I'm completely fine. Yeah. Um, and this for me was probably until very recently – this was probably around the time that I fell off with Silverstein. Okay. All right. Uh, and then I could see that happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Arrivals and Departures, I'm not remembering if I listened to any more beyond this. But go on. Continue. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so after that, then you have a ship uh, – sorry, a shipwreck. <laughs> a ship. A shipwreck. <laughs> a shipwreck. A shipwreck in the sand. That's what happens uh, after you eat a lot of Mexican food. A oh, shipwreck. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I like that you came in with that, Jeff. That's yes. Awesome. All right. So, uh, 2007 now. So, once again, another two years. Still on Victory Records. Um, I have uh, now this one. Wait, did I? Yeah. Oh. So, this one, they went back to the heavy because this has Vices, Broken oh. Stars, and then um, um, American Dream is a little bit more mellow. Sure. But Vices and Broken Stars, they still play those to this day live because those have some crazy crazy fun breakdowns and you know what i was listening you're, you're right because i was i was re-listening to this last night actually yeah. and i did have this album and i actually forgot about it because it's not in the normal rotation of what i would normally think of as silverstein i usually come to the first two albums right, right. when I, when i think of silverstein no it makes sense but yeah this one they went back a little yes. bit but then also they have that crazy long song um about a shipwreck in the sand, and it's okay. it's yeah, and it's, yeah, I forget what girl is in it too. It's a it's a guest vocalist, and they have a guest vocalist for Vices as well. They do. I just can't remember who it is because I've seen them. Someone comes out and does that with them sometimes, like whoever it happens to be, like um, uh, touring with them. Sometimes if someone really likes it, they'll come out and, and do it. Let me look it up. Yeah, while check we're it out here. for a second. Yeah, but I think. I think this was a concept album in a way. I think a few songs from the album were following the concept, but it wasn't a full, like, Alisana or My Chemical Romance-type concept album. It was something, I think, um, A Static Lullaby had done that with one of their last albums, where only a few songs are about the main uh, storyline or something like okay. that. Okay. You see it on there? Uh, I'm getting there. Okay, but yeah, I mean, basically, this this one, this album, they still play plenty of songs today live. Um, you can't get around it. It's great. So yeah. it's it's Liam Cormier of Cancer Bats. Oh, okay, Cancer Bats. Okay, yeah, interesting. Which I think they they typically list as one of their influences. They do, they do, and we'll actually talk about that. Oops, I uh, kind of screwed up my. Oh no, <laughs> I screwed up my list here. Um, so. Uh, after a shipwreck in the sand, you actually just have a live album uh, for Victory. And I guess my guess is I don't know the backstory to this. I probably could have read a lot into it if I wanted to. Yeah. But I think they just had one more album left on Victory and probably wanted to get out of their contract. So they did a live album. And this okay. was live album and DVD. Like, And it's awesome. 
Yeah. Like if you oh, get sure. that, have you listened to that one at I all? I think I have listened to it, but it's been a while. It wasn't yeah. anything I've listened to recently. Okay. Yeah, they do. It's just a intimate show. I think it's in Toronto. Okay. And they that just... That makes sense. Yeah, they, they kill the place. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's amazingly good. Um, so I, I put that on the list, even though it's just a live album. But sure. But it's great. Like, they put a lot of work into it, and they do a really good job. And to your point, right, if they're, they're really good live, you said. Oh, I, yeah. I've never seen them live again. I don't go to a lot of shows. Right, right. But... For me, when I when I look up live videos, like I watch the video of Alexis on Fire writing in Leeds, and I'll I'll listen to this live album, and that's really telling of how good a band is because if they can pull this off live, if Shane really is that good at, you know, screaming and singing and switching back and forth, he he's got to be able to do it live. They have to be able to do it live because you can do anything in the studio now. You can you can tweak the vocals, you can tweak the guitars, you can make yeah, I mean, the chug super clean, you can auto tune. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's... So doing it live is really the crux of. At least for me, oh, without yeah. seeing bands live, is really the crux of how good a band actually is. And the live album is really well done. Yeah. So it's not just, hey, look, we're doing it live on the DVD. You can listen to that album and be like, oh, I know every song and lyric because of how well it comes across. So yeah. I was impressed. That's awesome. Impressed. So after that, you have their first, this is uh, now 2011, you have their first record on Hopeless. And this one... So the next two things we're going to talk about, this is where I kind of lost track. I was still seeing them live, but I remember I was looking through my stuff. I have Rescue. So that's the name of the the album is Rescue. This is, I believe, where they lost their pretty much one member, um, Neil Bichart. He was their lead guitarist from 2001 to 2012. This is around the time that he was growing apart from the band. So this might be a little bit reason for the change, whatever it happened to be. Rescue isn't a bad album by any means it's just once again it's kind of like the alexis on fire i didn't connect with this as much yeah I and guess, this this is one that i went back to and listened to recently because you're right this is kind of same thing I, I i fell off with alexis on fire and rescue in the next couple albums i hadn't listened to until recently and starting with this album i believe let me just make sure i'm saying the right thing starting with rescue yeah so this is one where I think they tend to do a little bit more guitar work, actually, and it could be okay. because they have the different guitar player and yeah. the differently guitar I for, player. Well, I forget if he's I forget if he's on this one. Yeah, I think it is. He is the new one by this time, pretty much, or it's very ending part or something like that. Yeah, sure. But this album, I, I think they end up doing a lot more more complicated riffs and a lot more complicated rhythm work. Oh, so you you'll, you'll hear these riffs that kind of have these really interesting rhythms and, and syncopation and stuff i what do i have here i have intervention and sacrifice yeah i have both of those and i have uh forget your heart and replace you okay because they still i think the one if i'm not mistaken i know they did a very good acoustic version of replace you okay and they might do that live every once in a while but i don't think i think they if i'm not mistaken i think they skip over this album uh, when they're doing most of their live stuff, really? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think I think replace you might be the only one, and that's I mean, seen them so many times that maybe things are just fuzzy on it, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, pretty sure. Yeah. So that was a little change, and then the next album, this was uh, 2012 on Hopeless. They did short songs, which was a collection of covers of bands that were influences for them. That's what it. I believe it's covers. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. I, this is I've the one album I don't own. This yeah. is the one album. I am not a fan of that type of music. I respect it. Like, 
you know, good for you for anyone who likes that kind of thing. But they only play maybe one of those songs. They're two minutes long, maybe. Okay. They play like one when they're live. Maybe. Gotcha. Maybe two, possibly. But even then, it's like a minute and a half to two minute songs, and it's just complete punk. That's what they do. Got it. Yeah. So okay. they're they're paying homage to their to their influences. I see. Yeah. I see what. The, so those kind cool. of covers. Yeah. yeah. Not pop covers because no, I know you're a pop. huge fan of pop uh, covers. We could do a whole show on that. I can and we will. I already started a list. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and actually, Silverstein does a great on one of the Pop Goes Punks. Um, they do two they do apologies yes if you remember that song and their cover do, of apologies is excellent it's a really great and that cover of that fucking kanye west song I which i didn't think they could make i didn't think you could make that good and i was like holy shit this is actually really I'll good i'll have to go back and look yeah at that i one. can't and i i'm drawing a blank because i don't really know kanye west music but when i looked it up i was like oh this is a kanye west cover and they killed it sure on that one so that was good as well but yeah you're right this isn't i think they might have done some cover songs, but not like popular pop cover Got for, it. for that kind of thing. So we'll skip that one really because that's not really our style. Um, then 2013 on Hopeless Again, you've got now you've got This Is How the Wind Shifts. And this got me completely back. I mean, I guess I never really left, but this got me completely back into it again. Um, Stand Amid the Roar is a fucking crazy song. Yes. Like, what a way to start an album. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of, like, Smile in Your Sleep or Shattered in Pieces of sure. how they started that record. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't come yeah. in, they don't, they don't come in, like, and, and ramp you up. They come in just hitting hard. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, that whole, you know, I forgot who I was, you know, have I, for, did I forget who I was? Did, like, it's almost like they are looking back and then being like, what, you know. Hey, we need to really hit some people with this kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think lyrically, right? Yeah. So I, I made a comment before about how they were the kind of the crux of what I would consider screamo music, lyrically and everything. And I think this album especially was one that showed their maturity in their lyrics, right? They they definitely had grown a lot musically, a lot lyrically, and this really came through in How the Wind Shifts. Yeah. I know, I totally agree. Um Sorry, people are actually watching us now while, <laughs> while we're in the conference room. Um, so Stand Amid the Roar for sure. Um, and that song translates really well live as well. Uh, we've got, uh, which I find funny, Massachusetts. Yes. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, the whole song is about a guy like physically and, and emotionally abusing his wife, girlfriend, whatever, and the girl trying to get the power to leave. And I remember them saying – I it was – couple years ago it was like right when this came out they're playing the sinclair in boston okay and they were talking it was right before and they were like oh this song's dedicated to massachusetts this place really sucks and you should go move to california oh. and, which i thought was i just started laughing because i thought that was great yeah, um, yeah and yeah it's just it's such a weird like i don't know why i don't know the backstory enough to know why they sure do it like that but it is the whole song is just like basically putting down guys from massachusetts <laughs> saying that girls should leave and go to california now i didn't listen to it lyrically like that much right. but musically it was definitely so i like this song my my qualm with it is that it's your typical generic kind of four chord song so but i i think right it, it's a good song it's not yeah, a bad yeah. song and again it shows their maturity right right it's not just right exactly so 
after that, you've got um, I, I like A Better Place a lot. And okay. I like Second Chances a lot. I think, once again, what you're talking about with the maturity is the subject matter that they're talking about. Sure. With the heaviness and melody really, really works for them and continues. Absolutely. Yeah. So, once again, love that album again. And then now you've got their last album so far. This is 2015. This is I Am Alive and Everything I Touch. This is what they're touring under now. Um, this is their main thing. Um, now, this is actually on Rise Records. Yes. I don't know. Once again, I guess I never really know the record backstory unless something like major happens. Sure. I don't know why they decided to switch over now, but they're on Rise. Um, so I like A Midwestern State of Emergency, uh, Face of the Earth, uh, Desert Nights, in the dark, and I don't even know how to say that French term. Do you know what that is? I'm not even going to attempt it and embarrass Jamie, myself. Yeah, Jamie Souvent. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, when I see that word, I think souvenirs. And it's there not, you go. And it's not. But once again, I think lyrically, um, they're they're still doing what they were doing on "This Is How the Wind Shifts." I think this might be a little bit back on the mellow side compared to it's hard to say yeah it's a little bit difficult it's hard to say yeah. i think musically i really like this album and this and this is how the wind shifts so uh, i'm sorry i'm, I'm alive and everything yeah, i touch there. and this is how the wind shifts are both really excellent musical albums i think for for silverstein again so if you listen to midwestern state of emergency that the riff that they use in that song is just this really catchy really kind of intricate riff yes and and definitely worth listening to and, and it shows just how much they've grown as a band from starting in 2003 to where they are 12 years later i agree yeah and i would say desert nights as well sure is big on that too um I like their turn of phrase that they've been using recently. Uh, Shane does a very, very good job of really capturing you with, like, the lyrical path that he takes. It's okay. not just I'm screaming over this part and I'm melody over this. There's a little bit more put to it. I don't even know how to explain it. That's sure. Yeah, it, it's, but it's like they're thinking more about, you know, where to scream, where to sing, how they want to write the song. And, right. a, again, musically, it just shows how far they've come. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I was very – very happy, and I'm I'm thinking they're going to continue on with the next one. I mean, it doesn't. They don't seem to be slowing down, and yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if they if they stop now. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all really nice guys too. I think the last time I saw them, well, they're this year. Well, that's true. <laughs> I did one of those. It was one of those things where um, they were doing a you can watch from backstage thing. So I did that. So I met them and hung out with them for a while, and they're just all really nice guys. That's um, awesome. It's. You know, I'm fine with a band that they charge a little extra and you do something special like that. Sure. Like, to be able to stand in the back of, like, the um, the backstage of the Palladium and watch is a different experience than just being out there in the front. Yeah. So, I like to be able to do that every once in a while. But I've seen them so many times that I do want something new like that. Sure. So I don't mind paying, like, a little extra. Plus, they give you, like, a drumstick and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, what else? What The amount of drumsticks and weird paraphernalia i have from bands all over the years you could just you could open up like a little store for it i'm sure <laughs> it's so so much stuff <laughs> um, but yeah so that was that was silverstein um so you did we did alexis on fire yep got silverstein so i would recommend for both of them to Absolutely. go back and try any of those hopefully we'll have website blogs set up at some point where after you listen to this we'll have all this stuff written down and you can just go ahead and check it out if you don't already know. I mean, I find it hard to believe that P 
people don't know Silverstein, maybe Alexis on Fire. Maybe some of their early work yeah, you might maybe. not be as familiar with, but sure. I, you know, all of it's worth going back and listening to. Yeah, go check out some of the old Silverstein videos because they're fucking hilarious. I'm sure. <laughs> like, it's not that they're bad. No. But just to see them young and him screaming and then doing – and realizing that these bands back in that day – you think it's hard now to get radio play? Like these, they were not on anything. There was they, no radio play for these bands. There was nothing. Yeah, they were just touring and making. That's the only Warped way they tour. were making money. Yeah, Warp Tour. Warp Tour. Yep. Taste the Chaos. Yep. Oh yeah, Taste the Chaos. When it existed. Ozfest too. For Ozfest some, for some of them. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Let's see. What do we got next on our outline here? Uh, all right. What we're currently listening to. So yeah, let's let's dive into it. So what I've been currently listening to, I'm just gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna jump in. Do here. it. Take do it. it. Right. Um, <laughs> what I've been currently listening to, I've, I kind of went down this rabbit hole of listening to a lot of melodic hardcore, and it ended up being a lot of bands from the UK, but they're not all bands from the UK. So let me just kind of pull up my, my list yeah. here so I tell you the right thing. I was just listening to, and I kind of really like Climates. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think they have an album. It's called Body Clocks, okay. I think was, was their most recent. They may have an EP before that. Um, but it prevails is another good album, uh, good or good band. Excuse me. That's and surprising. That, that wait, that you like it prevails. Wait, so it, it prevails a lot more singing. When I went back and listened to it for the second time, are are they the band? Are they the band that does the big Taylor Swift cover right now? I don't know. Blank space. They do. It's not the Our Last Night, which is, in my opinion, far superior. But well, I think our our last night covers are kind of on their own. Yeah, plane. On the, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but there's if if it is if it's um, it's it prevails or I prevail. It might be I prevail. Let's see. I yeah, I prevail as blank space. All right, and then what's the one you said? It prevails. Oh wow, okay, that's not very, confusing at all. <laughs> very close in name. So what I am recommending is it prevails. Okay, as a band, right. just because I was I was surprised. I wouldn't think that I prevail would have been a band you would. Yeah, sure. All right, gotcha. So it prevails. So what type of music are they? So they're kind of this melodic hardcore type um, type band. Um, so again, you're going to have these heavy riffs with this really overarching melody uh, over top of it. So um, a lot of the bands I've been listening to have kind of had that that theme, and that's kind of right in the crux of of what I like. So it prevails. Uh, climates. I had seasons and wreckage on here. And Elephantis, which was another band. So I kind of came across them. Some of these are UK bands. Some of them have only released EPs, and some of them don't even exist anymore. So not necessarily newer newer bands, but just digging back into that kind of melodic hardcore. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I have not been listening to anything different than what I talked about last week. <laughs> I literally have on my phone and in my car – the Ice Nine Kills album okay, on constant repeat. The only places that I'm not listening to that, and it does take up a significant portion of my day, is I have Pandora on, like, Conquer Divide Station. So sure. it gets the basic Screamo metalcore, like Silverstein comes up, Conquer Divide, uh, Pierce the Veil, like all that kind of Escape the Fate, all those kind of bands, which I love. Uh, all come up, but really that the album that I'm listening to is all Every Trick in the Book by Ice Nine Kills. And I know... You told me you tried, <laughs> you tried to listen to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about the Ice Nine okay, Kills go record. Ahead. I go think ahead. that's perfect. So I want to like it, <laughs> and I've tried to listen to it right. a couple of times now, and my my opinion when I get to the end of it is, thank God that's over. Oh, 
See, so, what I like is you try and sugarcoat it like you're trying to be nice, and then you say, like, such a terrible thing at the end. So, no, no, no. Instead of saying, this band sucks, you're just like, I'm really happy when I don't have to listen to them anymore. Because, and the reason I say that is because I don't think they suck. Right, right, right. I think they're very good, actually. Oh, good, good, good. So, I think, I think they're a very good band. I think what, what I take away from it is just that they they do this kind of overdramatic very theatrical type well the first the first song is definitely i mean yes. that's just the way it is yeah for sure so so that's what i i try and do if you listen to the plot sickens yes i, I, I love the song i yeah. think that's a perfect example of what they can do really well ah okay if you listen to the people in the attic i think it's good too if you listen to star-crossed enemies it's just this really generic and i feel like i'm listening to the soundtrack of a musical that is really what I take away. And that's probably what they're going for since they're all literature-based. But They don't have the conference room, right? Uh, it's unclear. Unclear. It's unclear if we're going to be booted. Well, that's fine. But, yeah, we can, I guess, until – I don't know. Why would they be in this one, though? Anyways. Um, so, sorry, guys. So, uh, if we do get booted, we'll, we'll sure. do it. Yeah, you just keep an eye out if they – Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I I don't know what it is about the album. I – I guess it's because I know most of the stories that they're talking about and stuff. I like Star-Crossed Enemies. I I don't find – I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I don't find many things generic ever yeah. in, in our genres that we listen to um, that I don't – I don't know. I think it's – I think they did a really good job front to back. Sure. But I can't stop listening to it. Yeah. So I'm just – I'm waiting till the next album comes out that will – force me to start listening to something else but right now i'm just completely so i love the song um alice and alive or go go tell alice and alive sure um, the one about carrie i think is great yeah like, it, it, there's nothing that's that's horrible again i think they're very they're musically very talented i just it's nothing that sticks out to me as like this is a great album so like probably, in the same way you probably love uh their album right before this the predator um so I haven't really listened to a lot of okay. Ice Nine Kills, right, in, right. in all honesty. Oh, yeah. no, It makes – I mean, they've been around for a long time in Boston, but this is their first time that they're getting out there, like sure. around. So it makes sense that you wouldn't have heard as much about them. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, yeah. So – and then I think the other album that I tried to listen to but I can't latch on to is the new Secrets album. Sure. Everything That Got Us Here. That, if anything, is way more generic. Yeah. Should we <laughs> – should we finish this up? I yeah, mean, probably. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we're, we're about. I mean, we're at fifty minutes or so. Yeah, let's close it yeah. down. All right. So, anything you know, I'll talk about shows uh, later on. Um, anything you want to recommend before we go? Anything? Well, so besides the bands that I'm currently listening to, I think Alexis on Fire and Silverstein, and then just just because they're having a, a tough time still, I think the Ghost Inside. I think definitely right. go back and listen to the Ghost Inside stuff. Yeah, all yeah. great albums. Um, I I was thinking about recently. That I need to go back and listen to those albums oh, okay. again. That's understandable. Yeah. I would say um, Ice Nine Kills for me. Sure. Uh, upcoming shows we'll talk about later. Um, but, yeah, I think we're I think we're going to get booted out of this conference room, so we should probably stop. So. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yep. So uh, thank you, Craig. Uh, yeah, Anything thanks, you want to say before you leave? No, that's it. Again. Okay. And I'll say uh, thank you, everyone, and long days and pleasant nights.